Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome on into the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. What a fun week end we had. I shot off some uh, explosives in the air. As did many people. Legally or illegally, don't really know. Yeah, information to be disclosed. (laughs) Fun weekend, though. Hope you had a great 4th of July weekend. We never, uh, did we wish them happy 4th of July on the last episode on Friday? I don't even remember. I think so. Um, my name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. We got some big news to get to today. Um, we're going to talk about bounce back players as well. Um, before we do that, check out our website at thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs, on Instagram at thefantasychampions. Like us at facebook.com forward slash thefantasychampions. Subscribe wherever you are listening right now Apple, Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. If you're on YouTube, leave a, leave a comment below. Uh, and uh, like this video, and then be sure to click the bell for notifications. Uh, then leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. Rick, the draft guide, give us an update. Look, the price is still the same. It's $25. Uh, what is in the draft guide? We got full rankings. We got breakouts. We got busts, player draft values, player breakdowns, and much more. And if you guys uh, buy the draft guide right now, you have a chance to be entered into our listener league, which we will dominate. Just saying. Yeah. Take you uh, down. But if you guys are any confident, go ahead and try. Go, go ahead and give it a shot. Uh, yeah. Be sure to tell your friends about it. If you want to uh, lose your league, mm. um, let's get to some news. We'll jump right into the news. I tried to keep it short. Lots of stuff going around the NFL, but yeah. I don't feel it's necessary to tell people what the athletic think about uh, the athletics writers think about Le'Veon Bell's prospects. So good because the shorter the news, the better. Um, so Mike Florio has reported that the NFL has officially decided to reduce the preseason to two games. The NFL PA is pretending that uh, they have some kind of say in it and um, they have voted. They don't. They have voted to make training camp or um, I'm sorry, to make the uh, preseason entirely go away this this year. So it'll probably end up being one or two no games. The NFL PA wants no preseason and the NFL wants to play two games. Uh, I think you need preseason. Yeah. The, at least a game or the NFL PA is moronic. Yeah. So anyway, um, we haven't talked much about uh the COVID effect that the NFL is going to experience this year. And it's not just, it's not just the fact that people are discussing whether or not there's going to be football. If there's basketball, if there's baseball, if there's hockey, there will be football. Let's not worry about that. It's a question of who gets COVID-19 and doesn't play and is out for two weeks because they have COVID-19 and it ruins your fantasy prospects for the week. Um, or for two weeks, like the, the Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes owner who gets COVID-19. That's going to happen all year. It's going to happen. And and it's going to be annoying. So yeah. depth matters this year more than anything, but we haven't really discussed the prospects of that. Um, it doesn't surprise me that they reduce the preseason because it's the most meaningless thing on the face of the planet. Um, 
And according to reports, training camps are going to start on time still. So the only thing that they have changed or done at this point are, uh, are taking those two preseason games away. So do you think we're going to play? And what kind of effect do you think it's going to have on the season? Uh, I hope we're going to play. Percentage think, chance we're going to play. What's your percentage yeah, chance? No, I, I assume they're going to, the NFL is going to play. What's your percentage uh, chance is what I asked. Oh, uh, I didn't know if you heard me. Play. Yes, that, that they're going to play. I didn't know if you heard um, me. <laughs> I'd probably say like eighty percent. Okay, yeah, I'm, because, I'm about ninety. Uh, it, yeah, eighty to ninety percent. I mean, we'll give you some hope on this. They might not podcast. have fans. That is something that I think could very well happen. There was uh, another report that said fans to begin the season they want to hand out uh, non-disclosure, not non-disclosure, but uh. Uh, hand out um, waivers that if you go to, you can go to the game, but if you contract COVID-19, it's not the NFL's responsibility or. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope they do that. If they do that, that's great. Um, that's kind of what I'm hoping for, but no, I, I mean, the NFL, I feel like they're kind of in the mindset of they're going to play unless they're too big not to, not to by somebody who's not the NFL. Yeah. By government. <laughs> um, <laughs> Freaking but, stupid. Hate the if they can play, they will play. Yeah, uh, I think the NFL is too big to not play. Um, there's too much money involved, whether you're talking about like, obviously the fans not being in the stands and stuff like that is going to be a big money loss. But just not playing altogether, that means players don't get paid their contracts, um, that owners don't make any revenue on the season that the NFL doesn't make money from their advertisers. Like no one gets paid in the NFL for an entire year. So they are going to play like they can't just up and say the season's done. We're not going to play this year. It's over. They would lose billions. Right. <laughs> like It would be yeah. ridiculous. So uh, I think that the NFL is probably going to play. It's about 90%, 95% give you a little hope on a Tuesday afternoon. But, uh, I, I don't know what the effects are. It's going to be a tough fantasy football season. I'll tell you that much. Oh, definitely. T- <laughs> Draft for it's, depth. Handcuffs matter. Yeah, handcuffs hand, matter. I was going to say, handcuffs and depth are so important this year. On uh, the um, same note. Even more than others. On the same note, uh, the NFLPA proposed 80-man rosters for the start of training camp instead of 90-man rosters. So um, I, they're going to try to trim down the start of where uh, the rosters need to be at for training camp, which is interesting. I think that's fair. Honestly, uh, the NFL wants to do, they want to keep it 95. I mean, not 90. I'm sorry. Um, obviously, but well, actually the, the NFL PA wants to keep it 90. The NFL teams want to trim it to 75. Whatever they do, just come to an agreement so we can play football. <laughs> it's freaking ridiculous. They, they all argue with each other. I'm like, you morons. Because I guess the, the players' agents are pissed off because there's going to be a lot of players who uh, didn't get drafted, undrafted guys who are just going to lose their jobs because they didn't even get a chance to like try. Um, yeah. Because I mean, they have to trade the rosters down. Players in the league, so. But anyway, uh, David Njoku re- requested a trade. Um, potential suitors have uh, been floating around New England, uh, obviously always a suitor for David and Joko, yeah. I guess. Um, and always a suitor for anybody, especially a tight end. Dallas has been out there. Um, I heard That's... Jacksonville too, but I don't know where. Um, mm. so David and Joku requested a trade 
And then, I mean, I feel like the second they signed Gronk, Njoku was like, okay, they're going to trade him. And then they said, we're not going to trade him. Say it again? You mean Hooper? You said Gronk. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. (laughs) Forgive me. Yeah. When they signed Hooper. They were like, we were going to go with two two tight end sets. And then it was like, oh, they might trade Njoku, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, um... I, I my my brain was talking about OJ Howard, <laughs> if we're being honest. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so uh, anyway, so yeah, David and Joku, like there have been rumors about him possibly being traded. Um, I, if I was him, I request a trade too. But every time there's some kind of rumors floating around David and Joku getting possibly traded, the Browns come out and say we're gonna run with two tight ends, and it's like okay, yeah, I mean, because okay. like that was the whole game plan for the Browns, and like on the field that would be great an improved offensive line and two tight end sets mm-hmm. and they're just going to run it with Nick Chubb and um, Kareem Hunt all day like that that feels like a great game plan but if Njoku wants out that kind of hurts Cleveland football wise but just yeah. fantasy wise like, him, if you're a dynasty owner and you have David Njoku good uh, this is it's great if they were to trade him especially if he goes to like, England imagine, he goes to the Packers <laughs> I mean I, I don't like any tight end that goes to the Packers if we're being fully honest like he would be the second option on that team behind Devontae. Like he would actually get a lot of work, more than Cleveland. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like he'd get a lot of work in Jacksonville. For there. sure, better um, than Cleveland. But not as, I, I just don't like. Like I said, the Packers' tight end landing spot has never been like great. Yeah, it's for true, fantasy football, real life. And when, when have they ever had a great tight end? And like Jimmy Graham, at like at this point, his career was not a good tight end. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I don't know if they've ever even had a, a really high-powered or high, like, a big-name tight end in Green Bay other than Jimmy Graham, yeah. in recent memory, at least. Uh, the Bills' official website confirms that the team wants to <clears throat> run Zach Moss in a similar role to Frank Gore. Um, what did we tell you? <clears throat> surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, big thing is... Devin Singletary is getting the same amount of work, so that's good news. So that's that's the thing. Like people will look at this and say, "See, he's going to eat up Singletary." If they're referring to Zach Moss taking Frank Gore's work in the beginning of the season, then sure, when Frank Gore's not even the beginning. Well, yeah, you're right. Never mind. Carries a game, but after like week like six or seven, Frank Mm -hmm. Gore was getting like five. Six, seven, eight, like that range. But even when you look game. at the totals on the whole season, I mean, Singletary can still hit 250 touches next year and not have a problem. Absolutely. Yep. So it's like, it's like when you look at the Bills and what they do, they're like the Baltimore Ravens light. Yeah. They <laughs> all, to run they the are. football. I mean, Absolutely. that's. So, yeah. and Zach Moss helps that. He's going to be a third down back that gets goal line work. You know what I mean? And yeah, um, Zach Moss is going to be the Gus. Does that words, hurt Devin Singletary's, Singletary's ceiling? Yes. Like, of course, him not sure. getting red zone work. Yeah, of course, that's going to hurt his ceiling. But if you're getting 200 to 250 touches, I mean, you could you could become a low end RB one, which is very helpful for your fantasy team. You know what I mean? Yeah, I still think Singletary can like like you said, his ceiling is limited because of yeah. Zach Moss. But I still think it's possible for him to finish between like an RB 10 and RB 15, which if you're getting him in like the fifth round. Fair. Um, that's great, really good value, um, considering mm-hmm. the fact that a lot of good running backs are off the board in the fifth round. Yeah. Um, and then the final piece of news and the biggest piece of news, what I was referring to early in the episode, we got some news this afternoon. We're recording this on a Monday and, um, 
on Monday afternoon, the Chiefs signed quarterback Patrick Mahomes to a 10-year extension on top of the two that he already has. So Patrick Mahomes is signed for 12 years. The rumored number of dollars he is going to acquire over the next 12 years is 420 plus million. Um, and I guess how much he gets a year depends on the, how much cap the, the chiefs have at that point. So it's going to be varied, but I would assume if you were just to do a little math here, 420 million divided by 12 is 35 million dollars a season which right now at 100 what is the cap 120 uh i think so, so i don't even right know now. it's it but it's like there's only 90 million left for everyone else yeah i mean and you have to you have to sign 50 they're, 53 they're more 52 more that, players yeah they're betting on the fact that the cap's gonna go up by at least like 10 mil uh, yeah it, it will but so yeah i i the early portion of the contract will probably be lighter, which will be good for the team. But in four years, they're going to be drained financially. Right. Yeah. But that's huge. It's 10 years. Good Lord. He's going to be the quarterback of the Chiefs and through through his age of 36, 2031. I was going to say, though, like if you're the Chiefs. That's not even like like no deal with Patrick Mahomes is a bad deal. And yeah, they have, no, they I'm, now have I'm not saying the Chiefs I mean, are dumb. I'm just saying, like, no, I I agree though. They're gonna ha- they're gonna struggle now at other positions mm-hmm. if the cap doesn't skyrocket, um, which right. it might, to be honest. But no, I, but now you have Mahomes locked up until he's 36, which is I believe the same age as Aaron Rodgers. Right. So like that's perfect for the Chiefs. They, they, I mean, he's he's going to be their guy for the next decade. That's massive news. Way, but, yeah. Absolutely. I feel like I need a nap. <laughs> um, so let's move into our top bounce back players. And um, sure. as we promised you earlier this offseason, and haven't followed it at all. We're going to try to keep this inside 30 minutes. And do our best. Do our best. So let's start off with the first guy. Um, he had a relatively shaky 2020 campaign between injuries and, uh, in half PPR, yeah, in it, half PPR, I think he was 12, but in between injuries and just lack of efficiency offensively, Alvin Kamara ended up as the number 12 running back in half PPR. Um, disappointment. Very, very large disappointment, more specifically because I almost took him two in our home league, and uh, I took him like three or four in a lot of other leagues that I was playing in professionally and then not professionally, but for cash. And um, he ended at number 12, which is a huge hit to your team. And he was only averaging roughly 15 fantasy points a game, which totals like right in the middle, like RB seven or eight, which is not what you drafted. You know what I mean? So he was a very disappointing. And I, I talked about him last year as a player that has doesn't really he's he's not a guy that gets like you know when Gurley was really good or when CMC you know right now who's he's really good right they're getting like 2000 yards they're getting like 1800 to 2000 yards total on the season 
And Alvin Kamara was not one of those players. When I looked at his stats last year and I was trying to decide between him or Zeke, he's, he's a guy that gets you, you know what I mean? Like in 2018, one of his, the, probably the best year of his career, um, he had seven, 883 rushing yards and 709 receiving yards, which altogether was that 1500 yards, 1600 yards, maybe what really, what really gave him all of his fantasy points, you know, productively was his receptions. We had 81 in that year and he had 18 total touchdowns. And I was like, that's a big thing. If the 18 total touchdowns were to decrease, he was going to fall off a cliff in the great words of Max. (laughs) Um, Last year, he totaled six all purpose touchdowns. I did not think he was going to decrease 12 touchdowns. I thought it was going to be like six touchdowns and he would get 12 all purpose. Right. And uh, he only got six last year. Had he played another game, he might have gotten seven or eight. But it was a big, big, big decrease from what he had the previous year. He also regressed in yardage and rushing yards and all that stuff. But it wasn't a huge regression. And uh, to be honest with you, it was probably because of how many um, how many games he played. Had he played all of his games, he probably would have gotten up into that six, seven hundred receiving yards range and eight, nine hundred rushing yards range. So he's the same player. I mean, in 2019, guess how many receptions he had? 81. So he's the same player. He just didn't get as many rushing touchdowns as he did last year. And you can blame that on whatever you want. Michael Thomas catching more touchdowns last year than people would have thought. I don't I don't know. I, I don't know what you want to peg it on. Maybe Drew Brees getting hurt. Or just people focusing on Alvin Kamara now they don't have Mark Ingram. You, know, you would think right. he would score more touchdowns this year just purely off the fact that so, that is the case. But I think when you look at him, positive regression in the touchdown category is for sure going to happen. And I, I think that in and of itself will lead to his big bounce back for, for 2020. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I think it's just luck. And just the way it goes for touchdowns, yeah. like I don't think it was really anything in particular of why he only had six total touchdowns last year mm-hmm. compared to 18 in 2018. I mean, he's had 81 catches in every year of his career. So it's safe to assume he's going to get around 80 catches again. It's safe to assume he's going to get around 1,600 total yards. Um, and then, you know, we've talked to, I've talked about Kamara multiple times on yeah. the show, but I'll just reiterate my points. He's, he played in 14 games last year. So assuming he plays a full 16, and he gets around 80-plus catches. Yeah. He gets around 1,600 total yards. And he's going to get more than six touchdowns. That is – I'm very confident in saying that. If you, I mean, his rookie season, he had 12 total touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, 13 total touchdowns. Then he had 18 total touchdowns. Then he had six. The anomaly here is the six. Um, yeah. I, I'm not saying he's going to get 18 again. Uh, but I all he's got to do is get like 12 to 14 and he it, should be okay. Exactly. And I think that's what he will do. And because of, and if he does that, he's going to be a top five running back in fantasy. I mean, last year he was the RB 12 and half PPR. Um, yeah. He did, like I said, miss two games. His points per game average was about 15 points per game, which I think mm-hmm. was in the top 10. So if you just bump that up a little bit with touchdowns, mm-hmm. he's going to be in the top five. Now, where do you have him projected total touchdowns? Uh, I think it's like 12. I think I have him at 15 all purpose right now, which is high. And he's the RB six. You have him at 15. He's the RB six. Yeah. Wow. That's because I I only have him at 864 rush yards and about 599 receiving yards. It's just because everyone else is 
is better. Yeah. Like Zeke's at 278 and Drake is at 289. So, I mean, he could I've easily met, get in the top five. It's easy. Yeah. I have met 13, uh, 13 total touchdowns and he's fourth in my projections for running backs. Okay. Yeah. But he's only I mean, that's two fair. points off uh, the third guy. Um, yeah, I think I think you know projections. We're projecting uh, if a player was to play all sixteen games, and so if you know that obviously completely changes, you have a different reality. But anyway, yeah, Alvin Kamara, definitely a bounce back player. He's going to be a lot better this year than he was. He also had four fumbles last year, which is what eight points. I don't think he lost all of those. That's just total yeah. fumble. I think he lost two of them. Okay. But before that, I don't think he's ever lost a fumble in his career. Now, I wanted to look up, just give me one second, to go into our draft guide. And give draft you, guide plug. Yeah, always. Every episode is going to have a draft guide plug about 14 times. But I wanted yep. to give you, we have this thing called uh, the Fantasy Point Analysis System. And it breaks down your fantasy point totals by statistics. So how many fantasy points they got on yards, uh, you know, rushing yards, passing yards, receiving yards, all that stuff. It's it's broken How much down. Play relies on touchdowns. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's all in the draft guide. You can see it there. But the biggest thing I wanted to pull up was was Alvin Kamara, and uh, where he stood in the um, half PPR reception and yards category last year. Um, it looks like he was. Ninth RB nine in yards and receptions last year, and then overall he was the RB. Um, was it twelve in fantasy football? Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, I think I think the biggest thing for him is obviously the touchdown totals, and if they increase, that'll push him up to five four um, in in a finish next year. So he'll finish number four, number five, or something like that next year if he gets that opportunity um, to score as many touchdowns as he had in the past, but I don't think he's going to get 18. And I think he, I think he's capped by touchdowns, unfortunately. Sure. But at the same time, he's still like, after you get past, you know, Zeke, Saquon and, um, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara is easily four or five. You know what I mean? You, you're safe drafting him there. Like it's not a big deal. Would, I um, mean, you have him third, don't you? Ahead of Zeke. Yeah, I think so. Zeke so and him have the same it. problem. I have yeah. Zeke finishing ahead of him, but Zeke and him have the same problem of no, not scoring touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, but Alvin Kamara, uh, he doesn't top our list. This is in no particular order, but Alvin Kamara bounce back player. Um, number two on our list. You, you were a little bit hesitant on this man and you can give me the reasons why, but uh, David Johnson comes in at number two. Now, the big thing about David Johnson, and I think you have to really, I'm having a tough time because there's three players. There's three players, Todd Gurley, David Johnson, and Le'Veon Bell that are all on, I guess you could call them old running backs. I don't know what you want to call them, but yep. they're both out of the, out, like what you maybe would say out of the, out of their fantasy prime. Um, and they have a chance maybe to come back into that, you know, top, RB one, maybe top six running back area if they have a good season. And I thought about it the other day. I'm like, here's how this is going to work. One of those three guys is going to be an RB one, maybe top five. One of those guys is going to end up being a low end RB one, probably 10 to 12. And then one of those guys is going to completely crap his pants and not do good. 
all three yep. can't be success. Like I, I'm, no. I, I hate to say that, but it's just all three are just not going to be a success. One okay. guy is going to have a really great season. I'm trying to peg which guy that is. We have two of them on this bounce back list, but David Johnson tops it out. Now I want to give you what David Johnson was at through weeks one through eight, where he was uh, ranking uh, or one through seven. I'm sorry. Um, David Johnson was the RB 10, I believe. No, he's RB eight through weeks one through seven. And then he got hurt or something happened and he, it, he wasn't the same running back. And then over the second half of the season, Kenyon Drake took over the job. They weren't giving David Johnson any work. And when he did come in to run, he looked like they sawed his legs off and attached to fake ligaments to his body and yep. he couldn't run like, you know what I mean? So it was just very concerning when you were looking at David Johnson. It looked like they were rushing him back and they didn't really need to. Um, the big thing is, is that he's back in Houston or not back in Houston. He got traded to Houston in a horrible trade. Um, but the trade is not what we're talking about. Right, Rick? No, no, no. We're not referring to the trade. You're referring <laughs> not, to the player. No. So last year in 2019, right? Uh, the Houston Texans gave Carlos friggin Hyde 245 rush attempts. Carlos Hyde yeah. had a thousand yards rushing last year. He did. That's disgusting. Now, David Johnson's going to come in. There's no more Lamar Miller. Duke Johnson is still there, but he's kind of worthless in a lot of ways. And David Johnson is a pass catching back. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah, not just going to, they didn't bring him in just to rush like Carlos Hyde. They wanted a multi-purpose back. Yes. Carlos Hyde's going to get some passing game work. Cause last year he had 62 catches, but David Johnson can do that. So I could see David Johnson in the realm of 40 to 50 catches. I could see him getting 225 to 240 rushing attempts and finish off his 2019 20, or 2020 season. I should say with maybe 275 to 300 touches total and if he hits that ceiling, right, he might have 14 to 1500 all purpose yards and he might get eight to 12 touchdowns. And it's like, if that happens, that makes David Johnson, who right now is going in the fourth round, a top 10, top eight running back in all the fantasy football. And I think he can be way more efficient than crap Carlos Hyde. And through that time in the early half of the season last year, David Johnson looked like David Johnson. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, I mean, for me, it looks like, you know, David Johnson's now way down the list. He's in Houston. I would say, A, Houston's way better than Arizona was last year. Um, they have a better offensive line. They have a better quarterback. They have a lot of things that are better in Houston than... I like Kyler Murray. I like Kyler Murray, but do you like no, Kyler Murray Kyler over Kyler Deshaun Murray Watson? Veteran Deshaun Watson. Deshaun. So, I'm like, I'm just saying, like, the offensive line is better. You know, even the the receiver core is not better anymore because you traded Hopkins away. But you get the point. The offense is going to yeah. be probably be better than, you know, the Arizona Cardinals next year. So I think in a, in a good offense that doesn't have a crappy offensive line, David Johnson can have some success. He needs a good offensive line to have success and move mm -hmm. the ball. And that's what he's going to get. So, so that's why I like him this year. Bounce back player. What are your thoughts? So. Before I start my counter argument to everything you just said, um, I will start by saying I do like David Johnson for this year. Okay. <clears throat> Not really future, but for this year, I do like him and I would take him in like the fifth round. Okay. Now, granted, 
here's my argument against against David Johnson though. Um, so his yards per carry throughout his whole career has been very mm. poor. Uh, even he's not a good running back. I, you look at his no, all of his rushing metrics. It's scary as frick. But um, when he has a good offensive line, like, he's good. Yeah, since he's been like a workhorse, he's averaged four point two, three point six, and three point seven yards per carry. Um, last year, Carlos Hyde averaged four point four yards per carry. So, if you want to make the argument that uh, if if the offensive line is much better, then David Johnson can get that number up to like four four point four right in that range. Um, then I think you have an argument to be made, but I'm not a hundred percent confident in it. Um, probably just because I haven't seen it. David Johnson's also going to be turning 29 this year and he's got some old legs. Um, now if, if they do use him, like if they do give him like 200, 260 right. carries and he gets like 50 receptions, uh, 50, 55, 60 catches, like in that range with 250, 260 carries, and I yeah. think he's going to be really, really good. Mm. Um, but if they don't give him that, then he's going to be, who's it going to for a lot of people. Uh, so, if you look at last year, like if they just do the same, like let's say they do the same thing they did last year yep. right? and they give Duke Johnson like 85 carries and 44 receptions and they give David Johnson 245 carries and they let's say we bump his receptions up because they didn't use Carlos Hyde at all in the offense uh, for receiving. So let's say David Johnson gets 245 carries and like, like 40-ish catches. Then, yeah, I think... I think that's probably going to be good for David Johnson. I don't think he his value would still wouldn't be like top ten running back though. Yeah, but it would be worth the fourth or fifth round value, which is I think what they're going to do. They're going to I think they're going to use David Johnson the same as Carl's had last year and just give him a little bit more uh, receiving work. Mm-hmm. But if they give Duke Johnson like any more work, like any more work than he did last year, it's going to be a problem for David Johnson. See, even, what, I mean, and I'm not even saying they're going to split because I don't think they'll split, but. If it's like what doesn't Duke Johnson gets like a hundred carries and fifty catches. What doesn't make any sense for me is that Carlos Hyde is is an old man too, and there's no reason yep. why they wouldn't have given Carlos Hyde more work. Like if, like for me, there's a lot of scenarios with like if you're worried about how much work David Johnson's gonna get next year, you shouldn't be. And that's the big that's the big thing. And even not, in the, even through the air, because yeah. the big thing is is it, they spent a crap load to get David Johnson on their football team, like a lot. Hard. It was stupid, <laughs> but it shows you that they did they want, want the workhorse back. Sure, they want the workhorse but, back. They want a guy they can use through the air and on the ground and not have to swap out. And yes, he's so an I, old man. Yes, he might get hurt. That's always a concern. But in the fourth round, I mean. That's it, it's he's an obvious bounce back to me. I don't I don't think I, I think I'm I'm I am with you. I think he's going to get the work. Yeah. And I would take him. But are you confident that even if he gets like two, if he gets the same amount of carries, Carlos Hyde, it's 245. Can he get like 4.4 yards per carry? Like, is he going to rush for a thousand yards even with 245 yeah. carries? Like, I don't know if he will. He's a better running back than Carlos Hyde. Probably. Yeah. Plus, I, I think, think schedule matters, too. Yeah, I mean, especially for David Johnson, especially for schedule does matter. But I don't know if he's a better pure runner than Carlos Hyde at this point in his career. I really don't. I'm down. I'm down on the player, David Johnson. Uh, I mean, you're it's fair. But if Carlos Hyde was as good as David Johnson was at all, uh, I think probably have a starting job back. But just pure running. 
I don't, I don't know. I think they're at least even, I'd say. So as far as the running back position is concerned, um, Houston has a, it looks like a top 12 schedule against running backs. Yeah, that's solid. Pretty easy. That's, that's very solid. Um, fantasy pros gives it three stars. Um, but yeah, I do like that. I think David Johnson, and like you said, you know, the, the 3.6, 3.7, 3.8, 3.9 yards per carry that he had in Arizona, that's concerning. And I have never liked David Johnson as a as a running back really that much. I mean, yeah, you, look you at, said for years. When you, look at, years. when you look at his numbers, right? Uh, let's just look at his efficiency numbers. He was number 55 in yards per carry last year. He was number 45 in breakaway runs. He was number 54 in evaded tackles. He was number 51 in juke rate, number 28 in big hits. Like the guy literally, it, he doesn't lead in one rushing category. And it's like, when you look at running backs, the one thing I like to look at is, like, are they like the statistics that, because a lot of times people will be like, Oh, it's the offensive line. Of course it's the offensive line, but what statistics can they control to make them better? You know what I mean? And that's evaded tackles. That's juke rate. That's big. It's big hits. It's stuff like that. That will make them better running backs. And when you're bottom of the league in almost every single category, it's concerning. Um, And David Johnson's just always been like that. Like he's never been good in any of those categories. The times David Johnson was good were when they had a good offensive line and the offense was moving the ball, right? So when he, when, when they're more focused on Deshaun Watson and trying to keep him in the pocket and trying to make sure he doesn't, you know, get a breakaway run or he doesn't, you know, throw a touchdown to Brandon cooks or whatever it may be, they're going to try to stop Deshaun Watson. And last year they weren't focused on Kyler Murray. They were focused on David Johnson for the majority of the first half of the year. And then when Kyler started to figure it out, right it started to get better so it's like you know and Kenyon drake benefited from that so i really do believe like david johnson has the ability to be a good running back he's not spectacular he's jordan howard but people just put a shiny turd on him and they polish him off and say he's a good running he's the only guy on this list that i'm a little iffy about but i'd still i'd still think the where he's going it's it's worth the risk especially with the um, amount of running backs that are going off the board in the first three rounds. Let's talk about a wide receiver next. Um, a man by the names of Adam Thielen. Now Thielen, man, he, I, I looked at the numbers in the second half of the year and Thielen pooped himself. He literally pooped all over himself in the second. <laughs> he was so yeah. bad. It was, it's not even funny. Like he completely vanished. Um, he was the wide receiver. Uh, where are you, Adam Thielen? He can't be this far down every time. Every time he only just played keeps... 10 games and he did not have a great year in those 10 games. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he did not. The, the concerning thing for me and that I've had trouble all off season with is, is this the new Adam Thielen? You know what I mean? He's 29 years old. Was that his cliff? You know what I mean? Um, because weeks, weeks one through nine, I'm sorry. I meant to say weeks one through nine. He wasn't, great you know what i mean the weeks that he did play um so i have a counter argument to that um, okay i'll just let me let me give you the um the 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 amar uh adam thielen numbers in the weeks one through nine before he got hurt um he was the wide receiver oh my god adam thielen why do you have to be so far down this list (laughs) 
He can't be. He can't be in the fifties. There's no way. Oh, he probably was. He had some really good games. Uh, wide receiver nineteen. He was wide receiver twenty because he tied with Allen Robinson. So, um, with ninety four fantasy points. So he was a low end wide receiver one. La- I mean, wide receiver two last year, which is not horrible if you have a second wide receiver. It's not bad. But he wasn't getting, for some reason, he wasn't getting, obviously we know why he wasn't getting the same opportunity. It was because they went straight to rushing the football. But even after they started realizing that they needed to pass the football to have some form of success, um, they still weren't targeting him that much. Like when you look at like weeks seven through six, uh, seven through 16, the last four games he played, he had two targets, one target, three targets and four targets. You know what I mean? And even like his highest target total on the year was eight. He did that three times in three separate games. And it's like, you know, I want a guy who especially who plays in the slot for a team that throws it to the slot and Kirk Cousins who likes to throw it to the slot to throw it to Adam Thielen, your slot receiver, 11 or 12 times. The fact that they yeah. drafted a slot receiver this year is a little bit concerning. Now, the reason why I think he's going to be a bounce back player is because I think that the Vikings were figuring it out last year. They were trying to figure out how much opportunity they wanted to give Kirk Cousins through the air and how much opportunity they wanted to give, you know, uh, uh, Dalvin Cook on the ground. So it's like that split really was confusing and the line was blurred in the first half of the season. But as the season went along, it started to get a little bit more clear as to what they wanted to do. And they started passing the ball a little bit more. So I don't think they're going to just run the football every single play. They need to have a passing game. And I think they know that. And I think that's going to be beneficial to Adam Thielen. It's just gross when you look at his targets per game. And it was 4.8 last year, as opposed to the previous year where he was, he was at 9.7 with 155 targets. I mean, if he doesn't get back up to that total, that's concerning. But I think the biggest factor that everyone kind of knows is that Diggs is gone. And Thielen's the guy. He's he's the, he's really the he's the only guy left in the passing game. So, I mean, yes, their new wide receiver is going to get a lot of work. Their rookie wide receiver is going to get a lot of work. But I think that you're going to be seeing Adam Thielen get back into that conversation of having 125 to 150 targets next year, which will get him back into that conversation. I I think if he craps the craps his pants this year it's over for adam thielen at that point because he's 29 he's he's done so yeah i i would agree with that uh with that last point i'd agree with everything you said um so but my argument with thielen it's like i love adam this year and i yeah for to explain last season um let's look at week one in week one the vikings won uh pretty easily you know how many times kirk cousins threw the ball in week one was it like 14 he threw the ball 10 times. Oh my he had God. 10 passing attempts the whole game. Two of those went to, uh, I think three of those actually went to Dalvin. Cook, you know what that says, Rick? Seven pass attempts to wide receivers and tight ends. Adam Thielen you know still what that says, Rick? with three catches and 43 yards. And you know what that what says? Is, what? What does it say? That says that they really like Dalvin Cook and you should probably draft him. Yeah, it does. But uh, imagine if he gets held out and the Vikings decide to throw the ball more. Oh my God. Adam Thielen would get like 20 targets a game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> draft Alexander Vikings, Madison. Like, yeah, they didn't throw the ball like at all last year. Um, and week two, uh, Kirk Cousins only had 14 completions. He threw the ball a lot more that game. I, mm-hmm. I don't know the target numbers, um, but he threw the ball more that game. He just stunk. He only had 14 completions. Yeah, Thielen had eight targets in that game. 
He had eight targets. He had five receptions. The next best receiver was Dalvin Cook. He had one, I mean, was uh, Stefan Diggs. He had one. Dalvin Cook had three, mm-hmm. but I don't count him as a running back. So Thalen still led the team in receptions, still led the team in yards. So why is that going to um, change? What was it? I said, why is that going to change? It's not. It's absolutely not. And with Stephon Diggs gone and Justin Jefferson replacing him, Justin Jefferson is still going to get some targets, but he's not going to he's not going to steal anything from Thalen mm-hmm. as a rookie. Uh, and week three against the Raiders, Kirk Cousins only threw the ball twenty one times, fifteen pass attempts, and Adam Thalen once again was at least tied with. Uh, Irv Smith for leading receptions and he had a touchdown <laughs> in that game as well. And then if you want to go to the games that Thaleen missed um, or some of the games he really struggled in, uh, he only had two. So he had consistently eight to five targets, right? Mm-hmm. And games that the Vikings in that he played in throughout the first half of the season. And the Vikings were typically only throwing the ball like 20 to 30 times. And he was still getting five to eight targets, which I think is probably right. He's going to be about seven to eight targets because they, they figured out, like, we need to throw the ball, like you said, at some point in the season. That that week was against, the, uh, after a poor week against the Bears, I think Kirk Cousins only threw the ball like 30 times. Um, um, and then I think Stephon Diggs called him out or called the coaching staff out, if I remember correctly. And then the next week against the Giants, they threw the ball a lot. And Adam Thielen had seven catches, 130 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, and then if you look at throughout uh, the rest of the season, when he finally had the hamstring in- injury, he left the game in, and I believe it was the first quarter against the Lions. So he only had two targets in that game, but that's because he left the game against the chiefs. If you remember correctly, he left the game in that one as well, because he came mm-hmm. back too early. So those two games don't even count. And that brings his target per game total down. Uh, and then the last two games of the season, uh, you can just make the argument that he was unhealthy because of the hamstring. But for the majority of the season, he's still actually the So if you take, if you take, like Adam what about, so you said in week seven against Detroit, why did he only get two targets? He got hurt. That was where the hamstring injury started. Okay. All right. So if you go through, I, I just want to see weeks one through six, uh, I want to see where he, he landed. And they didn't even start throwing the ball until like week five. Adam Thielen like, was the wide receiver. Oh, he's even worse than I thought it was. Uh, wide receiver nine. Yeah, so he wasn't bad. Fantasy yep. football can change that's on a dime, my friend. And Yep, and that's, I think that's where he's going to finish this year, around that range. Okay. I mean, I, I think, I, I personally think they're going to pass it a little bit more this year than they did last year. And if they do, that's um, even better for Thalen. <laughs> I know, and that's that's kind of why I think Thalen's going to have a bounce back year, is just because I think they'll pass it slightly more. I mean, it's still going to be that 50-50 split that they like to go with, but with no Adam Thielen and, you know, Justin Jefferson probably getting, I would say 80 targets is safe. You know what I mean? In that ballpark. Sure. He might even get more, but around 80. Um, yeah. But you could see Thielen getting back up. I mean, over the course of those games, I, I, you know what, just for kicks and giggles, let's prorate. Let's prorate, uh, Adam Thielen's no, first six games really fast. I'll do that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see, I don't see Adam Thielen falling off a cliff and you make some valid points, but the 4.8 yards, like if you just look at that, you start to throw up in your yeah. mouth a little bit and you're like, there oh are some God. gross things with him. And, and that yeah. is one of them. Age is another, uh, the Vikings. So uh, offensive play style one through six, he had, he was on, he was pacing at 101 targets with 69 receptions, 976 receiving yards and 13 touchdowns, which the touchdowns total, 13. Um, would 
you know, probably, <laughs> probably equal out a little bit. That's a hundred fantasy points on receptions about, I want to say, was it 35 uh, fantasy points on receptions? So, you know, you're already at 135 fantasy points. You add 16, you know, about 70 more fantasy points. He's at around 200, which is a wide receiver nine. So that's that's exactly where you should finish. Yep. I'm going to take that first game out and give you weeks two through six, which was 112 targets, 74 receptions, 134 yards, and still 13 touchdowns. So, I mean, he's there. Is he there enough that he's going to get back to 125, 130, 140 targets. I don't know. Is does he soak up that much of Stefan Diggs's target share that it boosts him from pacing out at 105 targets to 150 targets? If he gets 150 targets, he's probably going to be like a top six, top seven fantasy receiver. I'm at like 120 targets, so that's why I have him like 12th. Um, and that's probably yeah. due to age in the Vikings play no, style, but he's still, yeah, that's normal. Uh, still very, very good. I think I have him 11th actually, but 11th like, even good. when you look at, even when you look at what Diggs did last year over the course, excuse me, of the whole season in his, what he, he played 15 games, uh, he had 94 targets. So, um, I think, you know, when you talk about a full 16 games going to go into Adam Thielen, uh, that's a hundred targets for Stefan Diggs, paced out, you know, a hundred targets for, um, Adam Thielen. I mean, I could totally see 30 targets just going to 30 total targets going to, uh, Mr. Justin Jefferson. And then, you know, maybe 50 more of Diggs targets going to him, which would total 80, leaving 30 un, you know, uncharted targets on the team, which would go to, Adam Thielen. So 135 targets is, is not a hard thing to project for Adam Thielen. And if he gets that total, then he's definitely going to bounce back. I think the one concern that I do have is, is just how much the Vikings are going to pass and, and his age. Yeah. Simple as that. Uh, yeah. Um, age is the biggest concern. for me. Let's move on to uh, Juju Smith Schuster. Cause we don't have a lot of time left, but uh, Juju we've talked about a million times. Um, last season he had he had a tough time I think he was on our we talked about him on our ranking show but he had a very tough season in 2019 after a lot of pundits projected him to be a breakout star wide receiver one I thought he was going to be a top five guy I was projecting him top five and uh, it was just because he's he had 160 targets in the season before and it's like when you have that kind of target share and you had the kind of success that you had in the Steelers offense, the only thing that he was lacking was touchdowns. And that was because Antonio Brown was there with Brown gone. You know, the assumption was Juju Smith Schuster kind of assumes the target share like, yeah, in the red zone. Targets. Right. <laughs> 200 targets. No, he was going to stick around 160 or 170, but it was just the red zone target share that he was going to get that Antonio Brown was getting when he was in Pittsburgh. So with Juju getting that, that's what was going to see an increase for him statistically. Uh, and then, you know, week one, he had eight targets. I think it was against the New England Patriots and he had a decent game. Um, I don't believe he caught a touchdown, but he had a decent game. And then, you know, big Ben went down. And from then on, it was just a disaster for Juju. He ended up with the wide receiver 31 or something like that. He was way off the list. Yep. And he, he had a very, very bad season. And, and I, you know, it's all attributed to the quarterback position. Like for me, there is a group of people that are like, Juju's is not good. And that's why he wasn't successful. And it's like, no, he just wasn't good because his quarterback freaking sucked. You know, and it's yeah. like, that's, that's kind of what the whole situation was. You duck Hodges 
and Mason Rudolph as your quarterbacks and Big Ben coming back. I mean, you know, we have an article coming out soon uh, by one of our writers about Big Ben's arm injury and how that might affect him. Um, And and you'll see that and all that, the injury and all that stuff in there and and whether it affects Big Ben. But Juju Smith-Schuster, if Big Ben comes back, you know, roaring beer belly and all like normal, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster could have a really great season this year. I'm not projecting top five, but seven, eight, or nine is definitely possible. He'll get over 150 targets. I mean, it's just how the Pittsburgh Steelers offense runs with Ben Roethlisberger in it. So a bounce back is coming for Juju, and you should probably buy onto the train now before it's too late. Yep. Uh, You want to hear something very interesting with Juju? What's that, Uh, my friend? One of my favorite stats for that's in favor of Juju for 2020. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers last year with Mason Rudolph, Duck Hodges, and Ben Roethlisberger, and even Jalen Samuels, who had five pass attempts, uh, probably on trick plays. But yeah. They threw the ball 510 times last year. So not a lot. Uh, they were a run-heavy team. They ran the ball about 400 times. So it was kind of even. They threw the ball a little bit more. But overall, 510 pass attempts is not crazy. Right. In 2018, with a fully healthy Ben Roethlisberger, um, they, the Pittsburgh Steelers threw the ball 689 times. Wow. Uh, if they throw the ball with Ben Roethlisberger now uh, as a starting quarterback again, mm-hmm. if they, they even throw the ball 600 times. So let's say they don't yeah. throw it 510, um, but they don't throw it like 690 either because Ben Roethlisberger is kind of getting older. But they still throw the ball more because they're comfortable <laughs> with Ben Roethlisberger versus Doc yeah, Hodges. Right. Uh, Juju's going to explode. I mean, there's – he had, a, like you said, 166 targets, targets. With, um, with Antonio Brown on the team. Antonio Brown is gone now. Uh, in the first game last year, he was getting guarded by Stephon Gilmore all game. They, quote-unquote, locked him up. And he still had eight targets and six catches. So it wasn't like he was irrelevant. He was still Big Ben's go-to guy. Um, I want to see what I projected for the Steelers, if I can find them as a mm-hmm. team. Uh, I have them – yeah, I have Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball 500, 570 times this year. So that is still much, 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 much less. That's 100, over 100 times less. Uh, than that 2018 season. when last time he was fully healthy. Yeah. And I still think Juju can get like 150 to 160 targets. Again, I have man. big Ben at 577. If dude, I mean, yeah. <laughs> if they, if he does that, mm-hmm. Juju's still going to get like 150, 160 targets. And if they throw the ball, anything like they did in 2018, mm-hmm. dude, I'm telling you, Juju, ha- Juju will be a top five fantasy receiver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now I projected him at 216, uh, uh ranked number seven overall. Um, with 154 targets, 100 receptions. I mean, he's he's efficient when he has a quarterback throwing to him, and he's a good wide receiver. Like, yep. I, if, if somebody's trying to tell you otherwise, don't listen to them. Like, draft Juju Smith-Schuster all day. He's going to bounce back this year. It was not his fault that he sucked last year. And I think the efficiency is going to be there. I mean, he's one of the better. Like, when you look at his numbers in, you know, 2018, because that, that really is the indicator. That's the That's the... That's the common denominator for a lot of the projections on Juju because last year he struggled. You know what I mean? Like, and, and yes, it was because of the quarterback, but 
I think, you know, there, there are other factors involved because you, you could make the argument, oh, Deontay Johnson had a decent year. And it's like, yeah, I mean, he wasn't he still wasn't that good either. But in the season prior, he had 1.78 fantasy points per target, which if you were to pace him at that, you know, 100, give him a couple more touchdowns and and pace him out at that 150 target share, he he ends up as a top seven, top six wide receiver easy. And like you said, you know, if he if if that offense gets better, I mean, where are the targets going to go? If you throw it 575 times with Big Ben, where are those targets going to go? They're not yeah, going to go. They're not all going to go to James Conner. They're not all going to go to, you know, Deontay uh, Johnson could still get like 90 targets. No, I know. But it's like, you know, Deontay Johnson's not going to get targeted 165 times. No, like, he's not. It's going to go to Juju. And it's like. Whether people like it or not, Juju's going to get a target at 150 times. And if he doesn't work out this year with Big Ben as his quarterback, then I will write off the Juju ship for the rest of my life. But like, I just don't see yeah. it happening. Juju is a good wide receiver with 150 or more targets. He's a top six, top seven wide receiver easily. I 100% agree. And even with like Eric Ebron there, like Eric Ebron can get his 60 targets. Vance McDonald could get like 30 plus targets. I even have James Washington getting around 80 mm-hmm. targets and Deontay Johnson getting 90, 90 plus targets. I still have Juju getting over 150 targets. Like it's, yeah. And that's, and that's like on um, low end. If the Steelers throw the ball hundred or uh, 570 times, if they throw the ball 600 times, yeah. Like <laughs> Juju is going to be a beast. Let's talk about, let's talk about Todd Gurley really quickly and the show. Let's try to do this in three minutes. <laughs> okay. But uh, Todd Todd Gurley comes in at last on our list. And like I said, no particular order, but Todd Gurley is last. Um, I looked at some of the Devonta Freeman numbers from the previous year, and I wanted to see what, you know, the, the, the Falcons gave him for, you know, I don't know if he played all 16. I can't remember, but um, he played 14 games, play, paced out to a full season. And I was like, what? What do the Falcons give Todd Gurley on a full season? And so what I came up with is 252 rush attempts in my projections. The biggest number was not how many rush attempts he had, because that's a lot. I mean, he could end up with 220, and I would not be surprised in the least. The big number was the 80-something receptions that they gave Devonta Freeman last year. Um, I believe it was 80 something. Let me just, look it was it up. paced out to that. He had, he had, yeah. I think 60 cat 59 catches through 14. How games. many targets? 70, 70. Okay. Yeah. So for me, when I look at Todd Gurley, I, I project him at 72 targets. So I decreased what the pace was for Devonta Freeman by 10. And then I, I did Todd Gurley's normal catch rate, which ended up in 55 receptions. That's the biggest area. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they said that usually top five running backs uh, in fantasy football through weeks one through 16, not including week 17, a top five running back almost always has 50 or more receptions. Almost always. There's not usually in half PPR and PPR. There's it's, not usually a running back there, without 50 or only, more receptions. Like Derrick Henry, maybe. And then yeah. like maybe Derrick Henry may, and, or Nick Chubb. But one of those guys are going to have to have insane years. Insane if years on the ground. you're not one of those two guys, right. you're probably not going to do it. So for Todd Gurley, he's going to get 70-plus targets this year. And he's going to get his 50-plus receptions. So that's the first category. I did give I done, I done give him nothing in, in, uh, re, in efficiency. Right now I have him 1,400 yards with over 300 touches. That's gross. Um, 
I mean, it's not gross. 1,400 all-purpose yards is pretty good, but it's, you know, it's not what you anticipate a guy who's getting 300-plus touches. So the big thing for Gurley that I see, because if you look at, if you put all those numbers together, it, it gives him enough to get him into the top 10. If you give him 15 or 16 touchdowns like he had in the years that he was the RB1 in fantasy, Todd Gurley can get into the top three because I know for a fact the Falcons aren't going to be efficient on the ground. It's just going to happen. Like Gurley might reach 900 rushing yards, but it's going to be one freaking gross 900 rushing yards. So they're just not going to be efficient on the ground. Where they're going to be efficient is through the air. Gurley will get his work through the air. And I think it'll ultimately end up with Todd Gurley being the RB nine, eight, maybe 10 in between that range. And if he scores a lot of touchdowns, he could get back to where he was. I mean, the man's only 25 years old, so it's not like he's out of his prime. You know what I mean? He might just be entering his prime and he had a bad year because the Los Angeles Rams offensive line was atrocious last year. I wouldn't say he's entering his prime, but he could still technically, I mean, like he's in the middle of it is what I meant to say. Yeah. I mean, running backs usually like, it's like 26 is where they start to fall off. I mean, right. Like you said, he's 25. So like he could be this year, he turns 26 during mm. the season. I mean, he could still very well be in his prime and still have a very good season. I agree with you that efficiency, you know, he's not going to run the ball for five yards per carry this year. Yeah. By any means, he's probably going to run it for around like four yards per carry, but he's going to get like 50, 55 catches. Yep. He's still going to get like 230 ish carries. Mm. Um, and you add those two numbers up and he's going to get the, he's going to get the workload. So just because of that, he should be worth a draft pick. Yeah. And in the fourth like and fifth said. round. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And it, and I feel like Atlanta is going to run him into the ground of this year. It's a one year contract. So they, yeah, they're fully ready to just use Todd. Gray there's no one else there. There is nobody else there. Um, it, should be interesting. It's definitely worth a pick. Should be interesting. Sure. Um, those are our top five bounce back players. Alvin Kamar, David Johnson, Adam Thielen, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Todd Gurley III. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. You can get all of our projections, rankings, and analysis on every single one of these players in the draft guide. $25. Be sure to purchase. Don't forget to check out our website, thefantasychampions.com, and we will talk to you, my friends, on Thursday. Later. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.